Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Welcome to Story Circle Theater, where some of our favorite friends share some of our favorite stories. I'm Sharon Grunewald, and I'll be reading a classic tale by Hans Christian Andersen. So join the circle, relax, and enjoy today's story. This is the story of Little Tuck. Yes, they called him Little Tuck, but it was not his real name. He had called himself so before he could speak plainly, and he meant it for Charles. It was all very well for those who knew him, but not for strangers. Little Tuck was left at home to take care of his little sister, Gustava, who was much younger than himself, and he had to learn his lessons at the same time and the two things could not very well be performed together. The poor boy sat there with his sister on his lap and sung to her all the songs he knew, and now and then he looked into his geography lesson that lay open before him. By the next morning, he had to learn by heart all the towns in Zealand and all that could be described of them. His mother came home at last and took little Gustava in her arms. Then Little Tuck ran to the window and read so eagerly that he nearly read his eyes out, for it had become darker and darker every minute, and his mother had no money to buy a light. There goes the old washerwoman up the lane, said the mother as she looked out the window. The poor woman can hardly drag herself along, and now she had to drag a pail of water from the well. Be a good boy, Tuck, and run across and help the old woman, won't you? So Tuck ran across quickly and helped her. But when he came back into the room, it was quite dark, and there was not a word said about a light. So he was obliged to go to bed on his little truckle bedstead, and there he lay and thought of his geography lessons, and of Zealand, and of all the master had told him. He ought really to have read it over again, but he could not for want of light. So he put the geography book under his pillow for he had heard that this was a great help toward learning a lesson, but not always to be depended upon. He still lay thinking and thinking when all at once it seemed as if someone kissed him on his eyes and mouth. He slept, and yet he did not sleep, and it appeared as if the old washerwoman looked at him with kind eyes, and she said, It would be a great pity if you did not know your lesson tomorrow morning. You helped me, and now I will help you. And Providence will always keep those who help themselves. And at the same time, the book under Tuck's pillow began to move about. <coughs> cried a hen as she crept toward him. I am a hen from Kyoga. 
And then she told him how many inhabitants the town contained, and about a battle that had been fought there, which really was not worth speaking of. Quack, quack. Down fell something. It was a wooden bird. The parrot, which is used as a target as Prasto. He said there were as many inhabitants in that town as he had nails in his body. He was very proud, and said, Thorwaldston lived close to me, and here I am now, quite comfortable. But now Little Tuck was no longer in bed. All in a moment he found himself on horseback. Gallop, gallop, away he went, seated in front of a richly attired knight with a waving plume who held him on the saddle. And so they rode through the wood by the old town of Wordingsburg, which was a very large and busy town. The king's castle was surrounded by lofty towers, and radiant light streamed from all the windows. And within, there were songs and dancing, and King Waldemar and the young gaily-dressed ladies of the court were dancing together. Morning dawned, and as the sun rose, the whole city and the king's castle sank suddenly down together. One tower after another fell, till at last only one remained standing on the hill where the castle had formerly been. The town now appeared small and poor, and the schoolboys read in their books, which they carried under their arms, that it contained two thousand inhabitants. But this was a mere boast, for it did not contain so many. And again Little Tuck lay in his bed, scarcely knowing whether he was dreaming or not, for someone stood by him. Tuck! Little Tuck! said a voice. It was a very little person who spoke. He was dressed as a sailor and looked small enough to be a middy, but he was not one. I bring you many greetings from Corsair. It is a rising town full of life. It has steamships and mail coaches. In times past, they used to call it ugly, but that is no longer true. I lie on the seashore, said Corsair. I have high roads and pleasure gardens. I've given birth to a poet who is witty and entertaining, which they are not all. I once wanted to fit out a ship to sail round the world, but I did not accomplish it, though most likely I might have done so. But I am fragrant with perfume, for close to my gates most lovely roses bloom. Then, before the eyes of Little Tuck appeared a confusion of colors, red and green, but it cleared off and he could distinguish a cliff close to the bay, the slopes of which were quite overgrown with verdure, and on its summit stood a fine old church with pointed towers. Springs of water flowed out of the cliff in thick water spouts so that there was a continual splashing, and close by sat an old king with a golden crown on his white head. This was King Hror of the Springs, and near the springs stood the town of Rosgilde, as it is called. Then all the kings and queens of Denmark went up the ascent to the old church, hand in hand, with golden crowns on their heads, while the organ played and the fountains sent forth jets of water. Little Tuck saw and heard it all. Don't forget the names of these towns, said King Hror. All at once, 
everything vanished. But where? It seemed to him like turning over the leaves of a book. And now there stood before him an old peasant woman who had come from sorrow where the grass grows in the marketplace. She had a green linen apron thrown over her head and shoulders, and it was quite wet as if it had been raining heavily. Yes, that it has, said she. And then, just as she was going to tell him a great many pretty stories from Holberg's comedies, and about Waldemar and Absalom, she suddenly shrunk up together and wagged her head as if she were a frog about to croak. Croak, she cried. It is always wet and as quiet as death in sorrow. And then little Tuck saw she was changed into a frog. Croak, and again she was an old woman. One must dress according to the weather, said she. It is wet, and my town is just like a bottle. By the cork we must go in, and by the cork we must come out again. In olden times I had beautiful fish, and now I have fresh rosy-cheeked boys in the bottom of the bottle, and they learn wisdom, Hebrew, and Greek. Croak. How it sounded like the cry of the frogs on the moor, or like the creaking of great boots when someone is marching. Always the same tone, so monotonous and wearing that little Tuck at length fell fast asleep. And then the sound could not annoy him. But even in this sleep came a dream or, or something like it. His little sister Gustava, with her blue eyes and fair curly hair, had grown up a beautiful maiden all at once. And without having wings, she could fly. And they flew together over Zealand, over green forests and blue lakes. Hark, so you hear the cock crow, little tuck. Cock-a-doodle-doo! The fowls are flying out of Kyoga. You shall have a large farmyard. You shall never suffer hunger or want. The bird of good omen shall be yours, and you shall become a rich and happy man. Your house shall rise up like King Waldemar's towers, and shall be richly adorned with marble statues like those at Presto. Understand me well. Your name shall travel with fame around the world like the ship that was to sail from Corsor and Roskilde. Don't forget the names of the towns, as King Fror said. You shall speak well and clearly, little Tuck. And when at last you lie in your grave, you shall sleep peacefully as... As if I lay in sorrow, said little Tuck, awakening. It was bright daylight, and he could not remember his dream. But that was not necessary, for we are not to know what will happen to us in the future. Then he sprang out of bed quickly and read over his lesson in the book, and knew all at once quite correctly. The old washerwoman put her head in at the door and nodded to him quite kindly and said, Many thanks, you good child, for your help yesterday. I hope all your beautiful dreams will come true. Little Tuck did not at all know what he had dreamt, but one above did. We hope you enjoyed today's story, read to you by me, Sharon Grunewald. If you'd like to know more about me, you can visit my website at SharonGrunewaldVA.com. Original theme music was by Douglas W. Grunewald. 
Be sure to join us at Story Circle Theater next week right here on the Mutual Audio Network. And don't forget to keep reading. If you want a huge selection of audio drama, some of the newest ones out there as they come out, then do find Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, which is the new home of the Sonic Society, the world's longest-running, largest showcase of modern audio drama. You can find us on the Sunday Showcase feed, or if you want to hear all of the day's worth of audio, then you can find it on the main Mutual Audio Network feed, wherever you get your podcasts. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.